Please stand by for another episode of Wired Shut. Atari is launching a games console. Aren't Atari owned by another game company at this point? I don't understand. I assume so. It's four hundred US dollars. It's it's a. I think it's like a mixture of kind of a a retro console that just looks cool, and then it also kind of probably. Atari's new PC slash console hybrid. Which includes 100 arcade games and Atari 2600 games. And then a digital storefront with over a dozen titles at launch from independent developers. Yeah, you can buy it now. It's $899 on Mighty Ape. Or the bundle. What? I mean, it's... it's basically a mini It's got like a knockoff Xbox controller. Yeah. And uh, then it's got a weird old school joystick. So, so what what are the 12 games? Is it it comes with 8 gigabytes of RAM that is fully upgradable. So what do you do with Basil? It How much RAM does a PS5 have? I think 8 gigs of DDR4, DDR5. Um 60. I'm not too sure. It's whatever it is, it's 900 fucking dollars. And it supports 4K, 60fps, sandbox mode. It's essentially just Atari's PC console thing. Weird. Where did it come from? Who is Atari? Who owns Atari? This is weird. Welcome to Wired Shut. Yeah. Um, I'm your host, not Logan. He's your host, Logan. I'm your, I'm, host. I'm your host, Logan. He's your host, Jesse. The one. He's your host, Logan. And I'm your host, Jesse. This is episode 90, fuck, I want to say four, uh, 90 fucking four. Users can tap into a wide variety of traditional PC functionalities from office work to email to online shopping to PC gaming and much more. But this is episode 93. Um, and we're talking about Atari for some reason, because apparently Atari still exists. After 1993. Atari, who owns she is? Oh, it's a... Okay, so um, AT&T own Atari. As huh. a, like Warner Media, Warner Brothers own Atari. So this is Warner Warner Brothers' attempt at getting into the... So there's a... Market. Right. Or slash PC market. Home video console system market. It's what is it? What's the software? Is it Android? Is it? Yeah, I I'd assume it was Android based, but maybe it's Linux with um like PS PlayStation. It's Linux with just its own little Sony. UX also, on top of it, isn't it? It's... In its redition functions as sort of hybrid of a home gaming console on a PC. Yeah, you can just plug it in as like a um like a toaster PC. So it's it's got that sort of Steam box functionality. Yeah. PC mode, multimedia PC. This actually seems pretty cool. 
Connolad is what? the name of the actual company that made the thing. Hot dog, I want one. I yeah, want I, one. I the more I read, the more I was like, um, yeah, I, I, I always kind of wanted that that steam box idea that was away back in the day. Yeah. And what better one to get than something that can just play um it's a DIY one in one two in one machine for PC hobbyists and DIY hardware enthusiasts. Which I guess harkens back to that old sort of eighties era of gaming when you could sort of fuck with computers and stuff or just build them, them yourself. Yeah, while well, the console like Atari Mode delivers games, entertainment, web browsing, and Google's G Suite of productivity apps that will satisfy most users, the PC Mode provides users with a completely open and customizable PC experience for the TV or desktop via almost any operating system software. So it's actually technically the successor to the Ouya. Yeah. Which I don't know whether you remember that. I do. Existing PC retro emulation and other capabilities unlocked with the right know how. So it's a fully like you just configure it how the fuck you want, mate. Yeah. It it sounds like it runs on Linux, but you're able to put whatever you want on it. Yeah, it can support Windows, um, Ubuntu, Linux, and Chrome OS, and others that a user may wish to add. It's powered by AMD. Um, fully upgradable hardware, so you've got an open socket for an M2 SSD. Other hardware configurations that you can add. It's got full USB peripherals. Uh, Chromecasting is built in. Hey, if you want me to make one of these, the internals for a arcade cabinet for you, instead of a switch. It's highly possible. So cool. I like it. I did not expect to come through this random little rabbit hole and be thinking I want to buy one. We are wired shut and we fully endorse the Atari VCS. In fact, Atari VCS, if you're listening, send us two so that we Please. can review it. And we'll we'll fucking we'll do the first podcast on Atari. Like we will we will record, edit, produce, distribute our See that's podcast on device. <laughs> that's how much they view it as a anything goes. The yeah. the base console version doesn't even come with a controller. So we don't care. You do what you want. Yeah. Plug and See, play, baby. This is this is the type of thing where you chuck all your old like PS One ROMs and shit like that on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've got two. Um, two. What are they called? Uh, I got two old Xbox controllers on cables. I'm really tempted to figure out how I can convince my workplace when they set up like physical workstations without um, laptops, just actual workstations to just buy yep. these instead. Because <laughs> I mean, it's it's technically work. a micro PC. <clears throat> yeah, and that we can have Linux on there, um, Chrome software if people prefer it, or Windows and chat. Create, develop new TV-based games and apps for your fam- yourself, your family, or to share with the Atari VCS community. Yeah, I mean, we could always do that. Yeah, we could. <laughs> That's just a function of TVs. That's if, not a function of the Atari VCS. If, if they're listening and they send us these devices, we will definitely do all of those things, and we'll talk about it frequently. Yeah, I mean, now that I'm officially a... Um, I'm, I'm, I, I was discussing this with Charlotte the other day. 
I it's I thought you followed it up with I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, classic Logan. No, um, yeah. now that oh, you derailed me. Yeah, sorry. Um, you were discussing this the other day. You said to Charlotte, <laughs> derailed by yeah, Pride Month, guys. Be nice. Be nice to people of all shapes and sizes. Atari promotes diversity in the workplace. Um, now, now that I am technically a video games journalist because I have a podcast and I review. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Movies. We're official. Yeah. What the fuck are we talking about? A podcast, uh, we host a podcast. Uh, no, we're fucking we're we're, we're journalists, motherfucker. Yeah, we we we. I, I went we, to the conjuring. We journal. Conjuring. A devil made me do it. Which I will just look up which studio that comes from, so I don't say that wrong. <laughs> I'd say we fix it in post, but we haven't done that in sixty episodes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I want to say it's a new line film new line is is it the conjuring um, uh, it's part of Warner Brothers yeah Warner Brothers kindly um, gave you some ticks to go watch sent Charlotte and I to that for free it's quite cool they had um, like there was a a little table with a hex pentagram and some candles and some like fake, um, you know, painted foam gargoyles. You know what I miss? What? I miss when movies like this would come out and like Christians would protest it. You know, it's shit you saw on TV in the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> I experienced that, you know, that the, at all. The five months I was alive in the eighties, I want that back. Yeah, the five months when you were um, experiencing all of that content. Yeah, like, man, I was alive, you know, you don't understand, I was around before they tore down the Berlin Wall. When I was born, there were two Germanys, all right? And that's the way I like it. <laughs> God. Um, you have to cut me off earlier when I start talking about Germany. You know this. Uh, oh, God. Uh, Atari. Atari I've, got an off, I've got an off-air conversation about that country and somebody from there yeah. I spoke to recently. Um, it's being slid over some notes from our Atari representatives. Um, Atari does not endorse anything said about <laughs> Germany on this podcast. East Germany, West Germany, or so I feel um, like this is the way that we block. genuinely get um, corporate sponsorship. Is just shouldn't that, Atari have thoughts on the Soviet bloc? Given that's about when they were last relevant. Hey, let's just get over the fact that we're definitely just going to start pretending like they are our corporate sponsors and overlords, and start talking like we've got an actual direct line to people who work there, um, and eventually maybe it'll come true. If we just I mean, actually pretend this is an Atari podcast and commit to the bit until they um, decide to put us on their... If, if, on if their I box. just consider people Charlotte knows that like her as my contacts, then I do have contact. <laughs> Hang on a second. Yeah, we've come full circle. Hang on. So Devil made me do it. <laughs> you forgot uh, that I just went to a movie for free. No, no, not that. But it's Warner Brothers. And who made the Atari? Ba 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 ba. Warner Brothers. Boom. We did it. Oh shit! Fucking Look nailed. at us, relevant, cutting-edge news botulism. <laughs> Full circle to the fact that we accidentally forgot within five minutes that um, conglomerate media exists, and uh, America is secretly one company. Correct, and we would that like company is called Jeff Bezos. Did you hear he's on the way to becoming a trillionaire? He's got. He's in the four comma club. No trillionaire, like the first one ever. 
What is that? Six, 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 comma club? I don't know. I don't, I'm not. And don't ask me nice questions. It's Twelve zeros. Is uh, actually on. Twelve zeros. How? I don't know. Last I heard, he was in the like two hundred billion or something. Is that what it said? And this is after he lost half of his wealth to his wife. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So where where is she positioned? Is she coming up like a close second? No, she, no she's uh, giving away her money, isn't she? That's great. Yeah. No, we she's like, only keeping like a cool billion or something. We like the Mrs. Cool. Yeah, Mrs. Jeff Bezos. Yeah, not not who he replaced her with, just like a... Um, I don't know how you describe her, like a, a relatively well-kempt but surgically altered woman that looks like she takes a lot of uh, photos for Instagram. Mm. His new wife. Is it a wife or just girlfriend? Girlfriend, I assume. Lauren Sanchez. Yeah. Lauren Sanchez. Mackenzie Scott looks like she's just uh, remarried somebody who just looks like a um, a nicer, healthier, stronger, more human-looking version of Jeff Bezos. Oh, really? God, he does look like the Stonks man from the meme, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. He looks like the Stonks man. From yeah, the meme. looks like Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> Jim Gaffigan? Looks like, looks like a non-fat Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> I don't see that comparison. Bring up, bring it up. Where is Jeff, Jim Gaffigan and is he hot? Do you mean... Um... No, I mean Jim Gaffigan. You mentioned African. So, uh, so, this guy? Fat Catholic fem- Philip Seymour Hoffman and Jim Gaffigan. Oh, that yeah. guy looks like Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. I was looking at pictures of Jeff Bezos going, what the fuck are you talking about? No, 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 no. I said McKenzie's new man looks like Jim Gaffigan. Uh, news just in. We don't listen to each other. We need to work on our communication skills. That's Jim Gaffigan does kind of look like the, um, the, the like a older Fat Juicy Catholic. Clemens character. Fat Catholic Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, um, but yeah, Juicy Clemens. But, um... Bezos' original wife looks better than his new woman that he has now that he's a like washed up bazillionaire. He didn't he like fuck his best friend's wife? I mean probably. He he does seem like a very winner take all like I I will take everything you I drink your milkshake type of dude. Yeah. Uh yeah. I'm sure he had like a slightly um Slightly like orphanish upbringing. Ah, uh, yeah, it's just jumped down to Lauren Sanchez and like, yeah, she yeah, looks he, like he, a, a daytime TV host. Yeah, she looks like she should be on like Real Housewives of something. Yeah. Um, oh wow! Look, look at look at this. This is the pre-money photo. This is Logan and Jesse. Don't produce Whoa. good radio. They Whoa. both money fixed Whoa. both of them something shopping. He yeah, got buff wow. and shaved all his hair off. Didn't manage to realign his eyeballs. Yep. Lost she in the process because he was probably taking GH, um, like human growth hormone. HGH, yeah. Um, 
she damn money like money like straps on four extra points to anyone's score eh yep that's what happens when you start bathing in the um fountain of youth with yeah. uh, stem cells and the like yeah they don't even look like husband and wife in that that uh, throwback photo they look like like brother and sister, but the sister's a lesbian and the brother is um, still in the closet. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. It does not represent the thoughts or feelings of the Atari Corporation. No, we at Warner <laughs> Media would like to distance ourselves, but still fully in Put those two things in the same sentence. It sounds worse. Ah. Uh, uh. Yeah. Okay. So, what are we here to talk about today? Is it um, is... army of the dead? I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just want to make another closet at home. Sexual jokes. We're talking about men. Speaking of woke men who like muscles, um, Zack Snyder uh, made another movie about zombies, and we That's like something it. I noticed okay. just from set photos like of that it's film. Very... It was it was fine. It was, it was a solid six and a half. Hold on. Yeah. What what is what is the original Dawn of the Dead rated on IMDb? Not the original. The original. The Snyder one. The um, Sarah Polly original Canucks to cut. Yeah. Um, I don't think it got a great rating. I think it was like a seven. Seven point three. That's, that's 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 great for a horror really movie. Funny. It's great for a horror movie. It's great for a fucking Zack Snyder movie. Um, it's a bit low for a Sarah Polly movie, but um, she was slumming. Yeah, okay. Heart. So Army of the Dead's at a cool 5.9. <laughs> um, no, I, I was going to say my... my. I'd give it a 6.5. Yep. It is a, func- a perfectly functional movie. I would happily watch it again. Nothing immediately wrong with it. It had um, good world building. I liked that. It's like I yeah. want to see more of this world. That's the <laughs> big one. Who thought Zack Snyder would come through on our idea of rapies? Uh, <laughs> so for context's yeah. sake, once upon a time, um, where am I going with this? We we had a shitty idea for a film, which was just what if um a zombie virus was an STD? Yeah. Um. Now. Spread by fucking. Fucking. So yeah. Why was that funny? <laughs> I I don't know if we started with that concept of oh my god what how imagine if it spread through an STD. Um, or that's how because you open the movie. Virus is. through an STD is basically a movie already. I can't remember what it's called, but there's there's a horror movie where a girl has a one night stand and then her body just starts to rot. I feel like one of us said the term rapies instead of zombies, and, then, and we just and then we built the. Yeah, that makes sense. Giggling, yeah. Um, so this movie has serious undertones of the these there's there's a zombie like we're launching a lawsuit against Zack Snyder for stealing our idea. Um, <laughs> but but he did have like that that zombie was trying to make a child, and he succeeded in getting his which queen. queen uh, pregnant somehow the zombie got another zombie pregnant mm-hmm. though i don't know whether they're dead they're not 
they kind of something different. They didn't seem like they're actually rotten. They seemed more like they're optimized in a fucked up sort of way. Yeah, it was alien, right? That was confirmed yeah. Area Fifty One from space. Wow, well, it was soldiers. it was spitballed to put those ideas in your head because that sort of implied that that was what where they were going with it. But yeah, well, it's, and it's a good throwback to the original. That's the steroid or whatever. Night of the Living Dead is they came from space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he is after the loss of his wife or potentially before it, he's clearly got a harem of live women who he's just sort of keeping hostage. Yep. So clearly he intends to commit rape at some point. It's, um, Do you it think was... there are other scenes that went into that more and they were just like, yeah, let's leave this out? It's like, nah, Zach, nah, this is becoming sucker punch, mate. Let's just pull it back a little bit. Um, and that's his wife. That's what his wife sounds like. She's like, nah, mate, you want to, you don't want to do that. Deborah, De- Deborah Snyder here, mate. Just, just chill the fuck out, right? Go do lift some weights, mate. Just do some nice, nice little like uh, slow reveals and like drop, drop the resolution a little bit, and then up the, up the depth of field right here, and then just go play over here, mate. Don't, don't worry about. This rape storyline, it's a bit. Yeah, that what did what did you think of that lens thing? Um, it made the very of what was would would have been normally very obvious amounts of green screen acting, um, less obvious. Yeah. So I like it for that fact, but it was also. But I I swear I kept squinting throughout the film, going, yeah, like, so... "Why can't I see what I should yep. be able to see?" And it should have been, they could have played the fact that it's set in Vegas, the desert. They could have, rather than dropping the depth of field and tinkering with that shit, they could have just played up the the glare and not being, and the heat wave sort of factor mm. in, instead. And so it's just like, you can't see that far purely because you can't see that far because of all the dust and the heat and all that shit and that would have been a cool and then once you get inside it gets really super obviously bright and neon and harsh and painful but yeah yeah and i mean i've been to vegas and there's like as soon as you go inside without artificial light it's dark and it's dank and it's creepy um in certain buildings and areas so like car park buildings and stuff so i liked the fact that you could hardly see anything when you were like following the zombies and their little burnt out buildings and shit but yeah, it, yeah, but I mean, it was cheap for a Zack Snyder film. Yeah, but still seventy million dollars though. Yeah, so. but but it 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 showed it had money in all the right places. So it was sort yep. of like, why did they? The, a lot of their shot and event choices made it feel cheaper than it was. I think it's because they had to just um, re-edit the entire film when they had to do all the reshoots and kind of like oh shit we kind of the reshoots look clearly cheaper than the rest of the film so we need to cheapen the entire film to make sure that no one notices the reshoots do you think yeah I, that's the only thing but, i can think of how just... i thought they just took his scenes and straight up wiped him out of them and then just green screened her on top of them i didn't yep. realize that it was uh, i don't they didn't re they didn't reshoot the movie but they um i suspect post-production they would have had to I don't know. Yeah, but they also said they spent like upwards of ten million dollars of the budget on those reshoots. 
like a, a significant chunk of the budget was on just redoing her scenes, which makes sense. But yeah, she was the best part of the movie. Yeah, which right. was, and now I'm I'm not trying to just mimic what Red Letter Media said because I always worried that that's what most people discussing yeah. movies end up doing, um, yeah. us especially. But she was the best part of the film because she didn't give a fuck. Yes, like she was phoning it into the days. What's the perfect recast? It's grab a stand-up comedian who doesn't mind just talking into the dead of space and the dead of air and not actually having anything to bounce off and just make sure that they're a deadpan comedian so Mm. they actually thrive on the lack of um, human response. And, yeah, just give them new lines and let them go. Yeah. And even prior to the whole, um, you know, whatever it was, Crystal Lear actually did because it sounded like he kind of just got fucked over for... Being a scumbag. Yeah, well, just like nothing illegal. Just no. oh, well, well, yeah, yeah, had to say, uh, just scumbag behaviours that yeah, I, I aren't uh, aren't put up with. Just, just stick with stage. girls your own age, basically. <laughs> yeah, like especially, uh, like I, it's yeah, it's easier to make the. It's an easier path to walk to get to the conclusion that he definitely did really gross dodgy shit because of how close he seemed to be with the likes of Justin Bieber and that crowd. It's just like, you're twice his age, dude. This is weird. This is just, you're that weird, like, alcoholic uncle who's hanging out with his yeah. much, much richer nephew and you're fucking it, all of his groupies. It, it really yeah. makes it weird that he played a pedophile on um, Workaholics, eh? Yeah, but but I mean I I don't I'm I'm also weird about the if if an of age girl wants to sleep with somebody that's a lot older than them, it's it's simultaneously weird that you tell them that no. I think it's more the um the weird grooming behavior. No one gives a shit that Leonardo DiCaprio has an eighteen year old in his arm every year. Yeah, but that's just because he's successful. I don't think that the argument would be any different if Crystalia was success- was as successful and well liked as DiCaprio is. I think if um, people saw like weird text messages and like Snapchats from, I mean, because the crib notes I understand yeah. of it was he talked to a girl that he found out was underage, then said, "Oh no, no, never mind," and then. Once she was of age, they got back into contact. I think what makes it easier to just go, yeah, no, nah, you're a, you're a scumbag, and no one's going to put up with you anymore, is purely because the likes of those messages get leaked. Yeah, like that's that's the that's the through line there. Like if you if people see that how you write messages and how you communicate with people, it's like in stone that you are a piece of shit, even though it either might have been out of context or. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, you're a piece of shit, but you didn't do anything wrong. You're just it's one of person. those is he allowed, again, assuming they're of age, because to the best of my knowledge, he has not been charged with anything and nobody no, has it's, uh, it's the trial of statutory yeah. rape charges against him or anything like that. No, it's just society is just dead. We don't... are into him allowed to sleep with him despite the age difference. Yeah, 
It's it's just the court of public opinion says that yeah. we don't like your behavior anymore. You're gross. So we're not going to yeah, give you which, a platform the, anymore, which is, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't support. Personally, I've. I tried to watch like two of his stand-ups, and he's just not somebody I find funny. Yeah. I find him weird and uncomfortable, and it doesn't. I don't. Know, nothing about it resonates with me. But I, I. I do get a sort of weird feeling when it feels like. You know, people are telling girls who they can and can't sleep with. That are above the legal age to do so. But yes, the counter of that is, you know, I as a 31 year old find an 18 year old to be a child and it weirds me out that he doesn't. Now that probably speaks to some sort of arrested development on his part, but um, he, yeah, seems to have done something that's led him to fall out of favor and he he does probably... um... He does sit in that, and correct me if you think any differently, he sits in that group of stand-up comedians who seem too comfortable to be on stage. They they seem to thrive on the attention rather than being up there and just trying to get their shit out of their body because it's toxic, so they need to work through it. Those are the comedians that I like. Yeah, well, I... I, It's the Dane Cook Hearing other comedians... love to get attention and be on stage and be front and center i hate those comedians because they're they're performers but they're not comedians. i I don't know dane Dane cook from what i've heard which sort of just became a a victim of his own success but yeah um but even he is dating women half his age and covered in botox at this point so he made some similar decisions yeah lord um but delia as i understand it his core fan base was the most sort of toxic broish dudes you can find. Yep. And then um, and that, roles, that be, fans. Yeah. And that that that's sort of enough to for me call that right or wrong. That's enough for me to go, yeah, no, your shit's probably not for me. Yep. Yeah. Uh but also I just listened to it. None of his comedy really appealed to me. Yeah. I remember have you seen that clip where he finds out that Snapchats can be saved? Yeah, yeah, and, and you just see him like sex. That's uh, right, right, right. And it, it, it needs that what you say. <laughs> <laughs> Only met where. Oh, uh, you know what's you great? You search for Chris um, Delia now, and uh, the uh, the Google search stuff says people also search for Tignataro. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Dick washing, and frankly, I'm for it. <laughs> I would like to see as many different things with him in it, and people just start editing Tig and doing Tig things. So I've heard Tig, as far as um, anyone in the LB- LGBT community is concerned, is basically a broish dude. Yeah, she's your uh... in, in like in like toxic ways where relatively woke people will walk up to her and think they've got shit in common, and she's just like, "Dude, fuck off! I don't want to talk to you." And that's fine because um, she gets to be able to. Oh, so she leans more on the side of "fuck off." I'm a I'm a comedian, and I don't like people. No, I, apparently, even most comedians don't like her. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. I I don't I don't know anything about her as a person. I have enjoyed all of her specials that I've watched. Yeah, same. Um, She's I, from Mississippi. 
my the I remember that bit where she's talking about a TSA agent giving her a pat down and you watch the, and she's standing there amused as the person's opinion of what gender they think she is, is changing constantly. <laughs> the more patting the dude, the more confused they get. Yeah. Uh, so I think she had cancer, so she's had a double mastectomy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. And then her whole bit was joking about, she looked like a boy beforehand. I liked the um, Under a Rock with Tignataro that they did for a brief period on YouTube. It was a funny or die thing where she, because she just doesn't give a shit about anything out there in the in the zeitgeist, that put relatively famous people on the show with her as her guest. And the show was just about her trying to figure out who the fuck they are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, under, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The name checks out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Because did you try in your head and put those scenes back together with Delia in them? <clears throat> yep. And I, I assumed just... that he would have just been going with them a lot more, getting yeah. in the way and being really annoying and just cracking wise instead of just doing his weird like. Oh, I thought, oh, oh, oh. I'm the funny one in this movie because I'm the funny one. Yeah, when clearly the German dude was the funny one. Yep, and the um, and he would have just gotten in the way of the German dude and the black dudes. Yeah, buddy comedy arc, which which was was amazing. It came out of nowhere. It it wasn't it wasn't built from like it was so much more deserved and believable than the father daughter like coming to terms with hundred percent. But you didn't actually get to see it start or finish like really start until like the second or third act. Yeah. It's not like they connected straight away and had a bit of banter and back and forth. They barely talked to each other until they got in front of the safe and then they developed a friendship. It's really yeah. weird. I liked it though. And also the fact that, again, that's basically a red letter media talking point, but the, the it was a heist movie that made it in, in Vegas that made absolutely no attempt to be in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It just I really didn't. didn't. It was just like, nah, we're in Vegas, I guess. Sure, whatever. Yeah, let's just go to a casino and get this shit done. Uh, yeah. Um, you watch the making of one that they no, released a yet. few days after? No. So the thing, you you watch Corridor Crew videos, right? <laughs> Can I say Coronation Street? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, I do. Yes. yes. So, like, basically every technique that was used in this movie, you've seen Corridor Crew play with. Oh, right. So, um, like... The environmental capture. Yeah. They built Vegas in CG by using drones and photographers to um, digitally map the entire city in 3D. Smart. They then, like, just um, direct transpose rendered that onto a, um, like, photogrammetry 3D model of the city using, and, you know, you just direct slap the... um, images you've taken onto the buildings and then you progressively sort of draw over the stuff in the foreground to make it look a bit prettier. Yep. Yep. Um, mm. They they were scanning all their character models and zombie models to create digital doubles so that's how they've built out all the crowds and stuff. Right, right. And yeah, they were even doing like that a... on the cheap where they didn't have a full photo like camera net like they'd usually use. Yeah, they yeah. had a single camera on a swivel arm and you stand on a platform and then the camera swivel arms around you and captures a full render of your body. And that's like it. They were legit doing it on 
like the poorest way possible when it produced some of the like, best results of all the, right? yeah of all the bits i shit on in this movie it's not the green screening it's not the um digital it's not the cgi it's not the zombie effects or anything like that it's just no, the no. story yep and yeah that camera to a certain extent i wonder if that approach to doing things on the cheap and like quick and sleazy production wise meant that they could just really front load some of the post-production stuff and get that to straight to straight to the nerds to start tinkering with and make pretty so they could spend more time building that stuff in real time while they're actually filming yeah well i think they basically built the cgi vegas before they'd even shot the film yeah which makes sense so like, you get to that point where you can not that they were doing then you can it, do all you your can, storyboarding through it right you could actually go down to the level of potentially just picking your shots in yeah. the artificial city and um doing 3d storyboarding of the things and planning logistically how to shoot it completely using a 3d digital model and then coordinate yeah yeah it's a really um um, and yeah, which they weren't doing, but you can do things like that where you even like previs CGI. Yeah. So yeah. you have a um you oh, have a camera that's <laughs> nah, so it's it's they weren't doing the thing where like I don't know whether you remember the first time <clears> I ever saw it was it probably predates that, but the first time I ever saw it was Resident Evil Five. Oh yeah. To the game. Yeah, yeah. They got a real camera that was actually sort of like a monitor pretending to be a camera within a warehouse. The camera was digitally placed using location tracking. Mm. And the, um, so the cameraman is rendered within the scene and he looks through the viewfinder of the camera and sees the scene of the, um, of the cut scene from the game. And he then moves the camera through the cut scene as it plays out as a like single clip of, animation video and he makes shots from that oh. so what you end up with is something that's you know it's basically you're you're you've got a fully rendered live scene and you're then just working out where to aim a camera within that scene as opposed to um doing the reverse where you do a storyboard you do a camera pass with like maybe some actors in it and hey yeah, yeah and some tracking balls and shit and then you go and render something after the fact um which is again much like how mando is made and stuff like that we're getting to the point where the processing power of computers is good enough that you can pre-visualize everything and then shoot cgi with a real camera rather than shooting something and then making cgi that matches what you shot yeah yeah um which yeah should really speed up the iteration of things um they were using the exact same motion tracking suits as to to build sure animations just... for the zombies as corridor was did they just use those guys to make the nah, movie? I mean, they, I, unless they called them in as like extra staff but nah i i'm pretty sure i always got the sense that the corridor guys might be might have i think they had their chance in hollywood and they sort of just Never got fucked over by the industry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember the. I remember them talking about they did a massive amount of things for EA for Battlefield. Yeah. And they basically built all these things and shot them and completed these really awesome movie 
se- like a movie web series for um, advertising the Battlefield games. Mm-hmm. And then after the fact, when they were presenting them to EA, EA goes through and goes, oh, we don't want that in there. We don't want that in there. We don't want that in there. You can't use this. You can't use this. But wasn't going to provide them any money for the reshoots. Mm-hmm. So it's basically they would have been working at a loss. And that would have tanked their company, essentially. Yeah, so it kind of just became a case of... And then they weren't allowed to release those things that built for years until a certain like NDA relaxed. And then once that NDA relaxed, they had to go through and CGI out all the references to that company. So it just became like generic shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But eventually they did release it onto their YouTube channel. It was just like, hey, this is... And it came with a video saying sort of, hey, this is an awesome thing we labored over for ages. And then the company that paid for it fucked us over. And so we wanted somebody to see it eventually. Would you like to see like a sequel of this movie, by the way? Um, where like the radiation from the bomb hit the survivors... Um, what's her face who survived and whatever zombies survived um, Ground Zero and that's what the sequel's around is they irradiated zombies <laughs> I love a good mushroom cloud and I just want it to do more than just blow the fuck out of everything I want to see my Fallout universe slowly be built up from this yeah I there was one of the few times in a movie I've been like oh yeah a nuke went off and like whatever yeah whatever um, now to be fair um, to your idea about a Fallout universe, a good quality nuclear weapon does not actually leave nearly as much Fallout as, as it, yeah. yeah, yeah, as you'd as you'd hope. As but, you, oh, the day after, ah, oh. oh, did I? Oh, I should have put that on the list, but we wouldn't have time for it today. I saw a like 1950s movie about a nuke going off, and some people that were going on holiday from LA are like, "Gee shucks, is that a bomb?" Um, and then they proceed to have to like borderline raid a lo- uh, a town on their road trip, grab all the supplies they can, and then go live in a cave for like a month until civilization comes back. But it's like a right. black and white movie set in like the genuine fifties. Is it the Atomic Kid? User movies, beginning of the end, the cloud. Um, Countdown to Looking Glass. Fail safe. Oh, I'll tell you what it isn't. But, um, On wh- the beach. So Conjuring 3, 4, or 5, or 8, depending on which which or which way you want to look was, at the continuity. There was one, there was two, there was the so other one that wasn't about the thing. I mean, there was wh- this one. Yeah, no, there are there are eight movies in the Conjuring universe now. Oh God! What? <laughs> but um, if you actually count movies called The Conjuring or The Conjuring colon something or Conjuring with a number after it, this is technically three. Yeah. Okay. Um, Annabelle the Nun. Right. Those are yeah yeah okay, yeah. yeah. Um, even okay. Curse of La Llorona is technically a Conjuring movie. All oh, right, that movie just. Fell under the radar, and then there was an Annabelle sequel, and there's wait, there's three Annabelle movies. Yeah, so there's an Annabelle prequel, there's the Annabelle movie, and then there's the Annabelle movie that is about her haunting the daughter of the Conjuring couple oh, and yeah, the, her right. babysitter and stuff. I, I um, liked, I liked the even though it was dumb as shit. I liked the prequel one because it had like uh, 
Manson people in it. Um, Which what prequel to the the origin story for Annabelle? Was it creation? Oh, creation. I never watched that. I liked it. It had um, like I think the spirit of Annabelle was some sort of weird. What the fuck? Is it a girl? I don't know. There were it ended with like Manson family murders and shit. It was really interesting. Oh, okay. It did, yeah, from what I remember, I may have just—it was definitely in that era of LA. No, that, that's so just the conjuring. Ah, uh, that—that's that's conjuring. That's 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 just Annabelle. <sighs> the one, the one when it's like a bunch of nurses living in a hostel together. They get attacked by weirdos. Is that? So yeah, because no, con- one where it ended up in a person. Annabelle house. creations like a little girl and like. Fucking dust bowl. Ah, oh, right. That's right. That oh, yeah, you're just there, thinking yeah. of Annabelle. Annabelle's the one that's set in like the 60s or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Curse like... of La Llorona? Why did I never hear of that movie? No, I, I think it just like went straight to Netflix or something. But it's got Linda Cardinelli in it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm as confused as you are. I like her. Yeah. Okay, I don't I'm have to watch that movie. Yeah, I'm. I'm also confused as to why I never saw that. Maybe it came out at a particular time, 2019, 2017, 2019. Yeah, you're right. It got produced. It was. Don't tell me when I'm wrong. I'm never wrong. Uh, none is considerably better than you'd expect. It made like 120 million dollars. La Llorona. Yeah. I've never yeah, heard no, of this movie. It's not a small movie. It's Spanish language, partially. Yeah, and then the Cardinale plays the Spaniard. No, the, uh, the, the director of Curse of La Llorona, who was Michael Ch- Chavez. Michael Chavez. Chavez. I don't know. I, it's, it doesn't end with a Z, so I don't actually know. He did this know one as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. He, he did me. Devil Made Me Do It. Um, currently sitting at a 7.1. I, I'd say that's fair it is um so it's it's for a horror movie it's almost more of a race against time detective movie right so there's tension all the way through but not because you're terrified of what's going to happen but because something's going to happen and you've got to stop it yeah well it's it's front loaded with a pretty intense um what's the word um demonic possession of a little boy and then his his sister's boyfriend um worried about the safety of the little kid um takes the de- the monster into himself yeah 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 and the, this that part's whatever but the the next step is a real event that actually happened which is um the boyfriend and the girlfriend move out and move into a the house of a guy running a dog kennel out of the house and they run the dog kennel for him and he's just like a bit of a drunk douche basically right 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 um and the um his his possession flares up and he ends up um getting killing the the landlord so he then goes to prison and is going to presumably get the death penalty for murder. So then it becomes on the Warrens, Warren couple. That's the the conjuring husband and wife. 
Yeah, yeah. Who are also based on real people. Um, yep. They have to try and prove that the he is in fact or was in fact possessed, rather than um, that he was, he's, he just murdered somebody. The devil did in fact make, make him do him it. Do it. Um, the they they proceed. You know they they sort of yeah. It's like a detective movie. They go backwards and work out how the little boy got um, haunted in the first place. And then they find like a weird demonic effigy thing under the house. Right. And then they realize that it's like, um, it's Satan worshippers. And it's set during the 80s. So it's, it's without really exploring that that much, it's about satanic panic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of the next logical step because these movies have sort of progressively taken place over eras. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... At the start, the demon thing or whatever gives the the dude a heart attack. Yeah. Is his name Patrick Wilson? So he spends like most of the movie just sort of awkwardly stumbling around. I don't, I don't know whether you remember, but he's kind of like subtly comic relief in these movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like she's he's... over serious to the point of being um, kind of... Or oh, she's serious because she has to wear the weight of the of both worlds on her shoulder, the spirit world and the physical yeah. world. And he and, tries and to be, do everything to bring brevity to her life because she's yeah. done so much to... Yeah. Which I like. Um, he's um, he's yeah. like the goofy... Um, he's Alec Baldwin in Beetlejuice. Yeah, and he, he sort of goes out of his way to try and be like the American Boy Scout character. Yeah. Which in this movie just completely foils him because every time he tries to exert himself physically, he just has a heart attack. <laughs> so it's like uh, you know she's running she's possessed trying to work out what's going on with some crime and she's about to run herself off a cliff and he's like huffing and puffing sweating running towards her with a cane about to collapse and that's like a surprising amount of this movie but basically there's just a devil worshipping woman who is trying to do a pact with the devil and needs to do some sacrifices to do so um, and so this family is just kind of a, they were just in the area. You can't really look into it too much. Mm. She's just evil because she chooses to be. Um, and it's got John Noble in it. Oh, as who? He's just playing like a retired priest. Cool. Who, who did some, who took apart some Satan worshiping cults. If there's one thing that I can get on board with, it's the sound of John Noble's voice um, quoting scripture. I'm okay with that. He mostly just does his... He just looks like the Queen of England. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's grandma. He just sort of stares into space with a kind of smile, kind of grimace on his face and says things in lower voices. Yes. Peter. 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 Joshua Jackson. You are my son. Um... The 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 final confrontation kind of is wonky and a little bit overlong. Cause they the all bad... kind of end like that though. The last sort of like thing is just like, okay, we get it. We yeah, get well... it. It's the last stand. Just like get over it. Just do your thing. We know you're gonna survive. Yeah, like once the Satan lady gets in their heads, she can make them see things. Right. So okay. so that they're never really in control. But it also means that you're like, well, is this 
the world or is this a vision? Yeah, yeah. Therefore, does anything matter? And also, she seems to like snow them with visions and then just walk away. Yeah. So even when they save the day by Patrick Wilson comes to his senses and instead of smashing his wife with a sledgehammer, he smashes the satanic cult lady's altar, which they've been told by numerous characters is the only way to break the curse. Yeah, yeah. Um, she walks into the room afterwards and does a kind of, no! And it's like, well, why weren't you in the room? <laughs> you had both these people under spells and were trying to actively kill them. Yeah, yeah. Yet you just weren't here. Oh. It, it it kind of feels wonky, but uh, the other thing is this movie. Wait, so hang on. So like, let me get this straight. This movie ba- is basically the last Jedi of the Conjuring universe. Luke Skywalker wasn't really there, man. <laughs> yes. Okay. It also arguably jumps the shark as far as conjuring continuity. In what way? All these movies kind of exist with that wink and the nod of, oh, well, the Warrens know the truth, but the greater authorities never got to see anything. Yeah. So yeah, it will yeah, yeah. be like written off as rumor and speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, this has a guy in a public prison being watched by like six guards and orderlies and shit floating off the ground while wind is billowing into the building and he's like trying to slice his own throat with a piece of glass. Uh, Um, She she solves a crime for a uh, police force in a different part of the country that they're trying to get help with as far as um, um, solving the case they're working on so she helps them by solving a case they're working on to get mm-hmm. them to like them enough to give them the information um, so she like psychically solves a crime while a guy is watching makes no mistakes at all there's no guesswork it all works perfectly and she almost gets pulled off a cliff by a hand out of nowhere but ultimately saves the day and is okay mm. All in front of a you know a, de- a seasoned detective who's watching the whole thing. Um, they go into a morgue at night, and the demonic possession woman is somehow able to lift a corpse and make it walk around and try and attack them. Let me guess: this this detective wears like a a crucifix around his neck, so he's a believer. Or something. No, he he doesn't believe or like them. They just prove him wrong. Right, okay. Um, and what was the other thing? Um, yeah, so at the end of the movie, the 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 old priest, John Noble's character, turns out to be the father of the um, the the witch, basically, who's the bad guy. Uh, and, and he's the devil. <laughs> She kills him, and yep. then after um, the the husband, Warren dude, smashes the witch's altar, yep. the witch is like, well, I'll just kill you anyway. And he's like, no, you failed. You didn't complete your ritual. You made a deal with the demon. Now the demon will collect your soul instead. And then she does the like, oh, God, you're right, and then just starts to twist and crack and land in a pile. 
and then turns around and sees just like a demon version of her walk up to her and steal her soul. And then she just like snaps her neck and is done. So given that, oh, what are their names? Oh, I forget it. The, given that the Warrens walk out of that, which is a crime scene that police are shown to arrive to at the end, mm-hmm. there are two dead bodies and two people mm-hmm. that are shaken and scared, but walked away just fine. <laughs> Yeah. So either the police believe that demons are real and that that woman was killed by a demon and that her father was presumably killed by her with a knife, mm. or they would do what any police officer would logically do and say, you guys killed them. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. So it sort of jumps <sighs> the shark with the crimes happening in front of too many people. And it goes, yep. well, hang it's, on, you actually the can't the... write the character's way out of this logically no, this without having the... authorities believe in illogical, magical shit. No, it's the point in the movie where it um, it cuts to somebody sitting over a desk writing in a book and it pans out and it was the Warrens writing the story the whole time and it ends like an R.L. Stein story. That's yeah. basically what you're describing. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. And this is definitely how it happened. Signed, the people <laughs> who were there. <laughs> Signed to those who financially benefit from saying it happened this way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was it's... the first murder in that town of Connecticut in history. Like, it was the first mm. historically recorded murder in that in that town. Now, where, where was it? Connecticut. It's like yeah. Fairfield, Connecticut. Uh, what do you call it? What do you call it? What's the thing called? Devil made me do it. There it is. It's based in. Uh, where's the plot? Uh, was the was the story? Um, I can't find it now. What the hell? Cool story. Uh, Brookfield, Connecticut. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was Brookfield. Yeah. Um, and it it it's got a very sort of. Like it, I don't even think it's Bible Belt, so it's yeah. I don't. No, get... it's, no it's a it's a demo, yeah, <laughs> Connecticut is very blue. Right, it's a blue state. So it all it all kind of gets to a point of well, hang on, you know, when it's when it's just a when it's just a family all in a house together, mm. experiencing a haunting of some kind or a demonic possession. Once you all walk away and nobody died in the process, maybe there's a few cuts and bruises or a broken bone or something. Yeah. You can all leave that situation and the police will go, well, I guess nothing like legal went wrong. So, okay. But when you have people die and you have crime scenes and you have like a series of interconnected events, (laughs) the Atomic Kid starring Mickey Rooney. Um, it, it starts to become a case of, well, hang on, how do you type those loose ends in any way other than just having the police blame the couple for, for doing this? Mm. Um, but <sighs> but that, that, doesn't make that... Move, that doesn't make money for Warner Media, our, our owner of Atari, <laughs> our sponsor for this potato. Uh, Did you say sponsor for this potato? Yeah, sponsor for this potato of a fucking okay. podcast. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's, but it's, unless you do think like I do, you're not going to go down that road. You'll just say it was a exciting and entertaining movie. Sure. 
and, and that's, said, it's it much more what you should take away from it than my continuity it, because I hate cinema sins and I don't think that anyone should nah, justify a movie just nah. based on a movie is not good or bad based on just whether it, it has continuity in no, it's just like yeah, it, no no one cares that much just I don't enjoy. care that this thing was in this place in this scene and then in the next scene it wasn't it's not if everyone does... watching notices it it's a problem if if somebody notices it because they have a stupid youtube channel that just goes digging every time something goes wrong and people yeah. watch it because it's easy and it's not challenging at all yep no and those people don't actually watch those movies either it's just ah oh, here's some content where a movie can be explained at me yeah um, on why the reason on all the reasons why it's 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 not good enough to actually watch yeah. Did we discuss a plot or anything like that? No. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think that's our show. It's we a solid hour, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's we'll call it we'll call it there. Alright. Um, he's been your so host Jesse, I've been your host Logan. Well, yeah, and he's host Logan, I'm host Jesse. This has been wide shut. Late edition. Tired. Late edition. <laughs> Wide shut after dark. Wide shut unplugged. Welcome back to W Sad. Wide shut after dark. I, uh, I mean, after dark is that like old TV thing, but I like the concept of wired shut unplugged because then we're wired and unplugged at the same time. <laughs> Actually, yeah. It's just so it's just shut. Yes. That's just a cable lying in the ground. Uh shit. Yeah, Wired Shot Unplugged works quite well. How do we do that? We don't even... This is you and I having a conversation that we don't exactly. record. We don't record. It's 23 hours of the day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, One more cameos in the Unplugged podcast. Yeah. And that's where that's where Atari don't own us, man. It's the other 23 hours of the day, man. That's the actual myth about Wired Shot, you know? Everyone thinks Jesse's the other host, but now in actuality, it's more like... Callum and I talking non-stop for 23 hours and then Jesse pipes in once every two hours to say one thing and then leaves again. Yeah, and let me reframe it from my position there is that <laughs> Callum doesn't have a day job. He's a musician and Logan procrastinates like hell on earth <laughs> during the nine to five and I can't do that. <laughs> I'll get fired if I do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, sons of bitches. Yeah, this has been Wired Shut Unplugged. Um, Bazoo! Catch you on the flippity flip.